Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everybody, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 23rd of April, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And it's the, I think, fifth show we've done since the beginning of the uh, COVID epidemic or COVID pandemic. Dave, um, how, are, uh, how are you and Mary holding up? Yeah, it's uh, boring, but we're holding up well. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as, as, as you know, it, it's funny because for even those of us that have our, our sort of offices at uh, at home, it seemed it, it seemed to me going in, I'm like, okay, this is going to be like easy, right? And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are in that boat. Okay, this is going to be a lot easier, um, like for us than for people who are like, okay, they're having to like transition. This is going to be a massive you know thing to deal with, and I'm sure it was out of the gate. Um, but I'm realizing how much I relied on leaving my house after work, doing something to sort of separate me from my home life, from my work life. Like now it's, you know, as, as Mary's called it, it's like it's blurs day, right? Like it's yeah. just every day just sort of, and every day sort of stretches and I'm finding myself reading, you know, Raiders guidelines at like nine o'clock at night. And so when it's just like stretching everything out and, you know, the, the schedules get messed up. It's not quite actually as easy on, on those that, that work this home or work at home regularly as, as I sort of cockily went into the scenario going, okay, this isn't going to be a problem. In fact, I'll just get more done and, you know, maybe I'll learn a language. <laughs> Thinking of it as this big, like, perk, but it's like, no, it's, it's actually a little, a little more taxing, but thankfully for uh, so many people in our community for uh, coming out and, A, I mean, I have a, a chance to do, like, this podcast and chat with people I like, um, you know, and, and all of the like um, Zoom conferences. I'm not talking about the ones with your your clients or boss, but the, <laughs> the ones with um, you know your your peers and stuff are, are really really a, a saving saving grace. Well, yeah. In fact, I think I've talked to and met more uh, peers in the search marketing industry in the last uh, three to five weeks than um, well, possibly than 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 even for years on the conference circuit. Um, I've, I've recently been, been able to meet slews of European search marketers who I'd never met before, but have been, you know, following and becoming fascinated by, um, you know, many of whom I want to start bringing onto the show if we can, you know, get them to stay up late enough at night. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, 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 and I think for, uh, for many of us in the search community, this is, you know, it's been harrowing and a lot of people have seen business evaporate, um, but it's also been very unifying. Um, you know, a lot of us have seen friendships solidify. And if you hold on long enough, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you straight up, business is coming back to the to the to the um, digital econ- to the digital world rapidly. I mean, you, you want to talk about the economy opening up? This is where it's going to open up first. Um, it's the only safe place, really. <laughs> um, uh, Yet to find a virus on the internet that kills people. It just really, really badly inconveniences them and sometimes costs them a lot of money. 
You know, and something I, I was uh, was having a chat with a uh, developer that I work with, and, and I was having this yesterday. So something that I, I I'm reminding myself right now, and, and I think uh, you know our, our listening audience should as well. We we have this debate going on. You know, we're in Canada; it's going on here. So border, it's going on there, and, and and we get very sort of North American and and, and European centric, and, and sort of view basically, basically first world country centric. And we're like, I want to go out and get a haircut versus like, no, you got to stay in your house, people. Right? Like that's the debate of, of where do we sacrifice people for the economy? And, and I'm not going to get involved with that debate, mm-hmm. um, like on on the show here. But when I was chatting with um, the the developer from Pakistan, we we get along very well, so we were just chatting a bit, and he's like, we actually have to because the government can't afford to give people checks and people are going to starve to death now. So they're choosing now between living or dying and living and dying. It's where is the greatest number of deaths going to come in. So we are in a really, no matter what side of that debate we're on, we have to recognize the privilege that we get to have that discussion and go, our economies can survive as the economies are, are suffering, but we can eat. And these are kind of, there's a lot of countries that they don't get that privilege. Uh, oh, for picking whether to eat or not. For what it's worth, I do engage in those debates very vociferously online. I'm really loud about it. I think everyone has to stay at home. Um, the economy is going to be far, far worse damaged in the long run if we open up yeah. too soon and then have another massive spike. That's going that's gonna, to that's gonna hurt the economy far more than if we just ride it out now. But I got to say, I really do appreciate that even in like even in North America, there's a lot of people in a lot of places that yeah. aren't aren't covered or aren't going to be getting their checks or for whatever reason um, can't find a way to qualify. Even in Canada, where it's much simpler to qualify, yeah. um, and those people are left with this: this is Hobbesian choice. Like um, this, it's a terrible, terrible choice that they have to make. Um, I, I, I got to acknowledge that, even though I. Gotta say, gotta choose to stay home. Right, I, I, I know, and then that's we, we all have to learn. We are, and I mean, I, I take that that economic sort of principle, the, the same as you do, and it's something that I think we we should should be considering. Is and there is no hindsight will be twenty twenty, but right now we don't know. Is I'm like I, it sucks. I want to pull off the bandaid, right? Like everybody's suffering, and, and I'm not going to pretend like like I'm completely exempt here. Um, but you got to pull off that bandaid because. I'm going to suffer a lot more if what I think will happen if we loosen too early and and, and just not strategically. And, and I think a lot of the governments are doing a, a, a decent job of, so whether it's at federal levels and I have flaws with, with all the federals and I have flaws at the like state or, or um, provincial level with, with everybody, of course, you know, cause I'm perfect and I would do it you know, flawlessly, I'm sure. Um, but you know, there's the, I, I do like right now this two-layer thing where it's like, okay, there's like a safeguard. Each one has a safeguard against other. It's both. You, you, you can't really go as rogue um, as you might like because there's, in Canada, in the States, and, and you know, in the UK as well, there's there's a safeguard. A, a state can't go rogue because the feds are there, and the feds Separation. can't go rogue because the states are there. Separation of powers. It's a That's brilliant right. system works. Um, indeed. Um, but, I mean, I, I mean I, hey, we, we, this is a problem with you and I, Jim. We can talk about so many different issues. That has little to do with marketing, except we're going to try and get back to marketing fast. Yeah, we got we got actually stuff on screen. <laughs> like, speaking of marketing, if you uh, have a shop and you, your shop's had to shutter, you know, it's terrifying. Um, 
you can recover some revenues by uh, ha- opening a shop online, and that requires infrastructure that not everybody's got. But um, at least you can advertise. You can you can, you can you can you can push yourself out there. And Google Shopping is now free. Frugal is back. Yeah, I know. I am excited and horrified that everybody else knows it. <laughs> it's like, oh, why didn't Google just tell me? Um, I've talked about shopping ads on uh, on this show before. I'm I'm a I'm a huge huge fan of shopping ads. Always have been. Um, I, I find the CPAs just incredible. Great cheap traffic. Um, it's great cheap traffic, and it's exactly like it's it's on point. The the CPAs are far more favorable than any of the other query types that, that we've had. And so now to have an organic listing set there, I mean, my brain and and hopefully the the brain of any agencies in our in our podcast listing audience is we work really really hard to open up five percent increases in traffic. Right, like I mean, this is you know once you're at that point, especially in a campaign where it's like, okay, we're we're doing really well, we're fighting to maintain. To now get another five percent traffic increase is really hard. I'm not saying that um, Google Shopping right now will will yield that five percent increase in traffic from their their now free um, organic listings in there, but they're doing it to battle Amazon, and you know full well they're going to be pushing the heck out of that section, right? Like not right now, they're going to have to get some kinks worked out. But I, I'm, I'm looking ahead to the, the Q4 shopping season of this year going, they're going to be jamming Google Shopping down people's throats, right? And so they've got to make sure this thing is perfect. If I want to have year over year 5% additional on top of the metrics we'd be providing, that's such an easy way to get in there. Well, and, and I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people in the, in the paid search space might see this as a, sort of like a threat to their business. Um, this is... Um, I can see that a threat to your to the margins in a in a way, but at the same time, I think this could be a boon to um, paid search businesses. Like you were saying, Dave, you struggle to achieve a five percent increase for your clients, right? Yeah, you've been doing this for how many years? We're going on nineteen now. So how 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 do you think you would perform if you were to come up against a a, a veteran marketer with nineteen years experience? And yeah, and you didn't have that experience. You're you're, right. fre- you're you're fresh into the environment. Yeah, I got a feeling the veteran marketer with 19 years experience would probably find a way to outperform you. Yeah, there's your adv- that's the advantage that, that's for <laughs> anyone who's in the paid in the paid market. That's it. It's a huge one, and anybody who's listened and and has product um, listings that they're they're trying to promote. Yeah, get your feet in there, but I think this is another one of those cases, exactly to your point, where veterans are going to win. I already know how to optimize for shopping. I've done this a lot, right? I know how to optimize the title threads, just like I use paid search to go, oh, okay, these are the title combinations that are working. Let's try and move something like this over into organic. The title structures and descriptions are a little different, but you can take principles and move them across. I think people who have a lot of experience with shopping ads are going to have an advantage um, in the free listings and the organic shopping listings as well for that same reason. Oh, okay, I know what Google's looking for on paid. So they're probably going to, it's still a product. It's even better because the intent is exactly the same. <laughs> the intent on the paid and organic in shopping, it's all its all product listings. It's exactly the same. So the battle is going to be very, very different and very, very pointed. Um, I think reputation is going to have a lot more to do with the results, like global reputation of, of a, a store is going to have a lot more power. It already does, but it's going to have even more power in shopping because Best Buy is stronger than, you know, Dave's tech shop. 
right? And so it, it's going to be very, very interesting. But again, I, I maintain that Dave's Tech Shop has a few, could have a few uh, tricks up their sleeve if they get you know somebody who actually knows those tricks working with them. Sure, and it'll be, I think, in my opinion, the, the, the same advantage we have in traditional paid search now and the same advantage we have in organic, we're pointed. I can go into each product individually if I have to, or certainly classify by, by very, very tight groupings, whereas Amazon has to go, well, our key market thing is televisions. I'm just making that up, right? Or like, whatever. It's, it's in this industry. The, the thing we sell the most of is laptops. So we have to structure all the titles and descriptions around that for all the different products because, what, they can't do it one by one, right? <laughs> That's just not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be it's gonna be a ton of fun. I mean, and, and I, I implore people, get in there now because we're going to see some massive change. I, I'm just predicting um, in the, the way the organic results are ranked. And I think that's why they're launching it now is to ready for Q4 and ready for the holiday season. So now's the time to get in and watch how they change things so you can get a feel for what they're trying to accomplish at the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, it's uh, 20 minutes past the hour at the time the, uh, the show was, was recorded live. Um, good time to take a break, or we could talk about the... Um, four hours of um, EAT that you participated with uh, with uh, Mr. Bernard the other the, the other day on uh, on uh, uh, Sunrush's uh, Sunrush's podcast. Yeah, well then we can debate the incorrect uh, use of the term Semrush versus oh, we can, you know, Okay, if, if we're going to be debating the incorrect use of the word, term Semrush we really should take a commercial break first because this could go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from the Joey's Media. You're listening to Web College on WebmasterRadio.fm, part of the WMR Radio Network. Stick around, friends. We're back with uh, more fun after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Web College will be back after this short break. Maximum customer engagement and retention. Choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. 
Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences, marketing on purpose. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, friends, welcome back to Web College at webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Detroit's Media. Dave Davies from Being Second in Net Marketing. As I was saying, and it was so heartfelt, too, in times like this, you, you know, we're all looking for uh, <laughs> for good news and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was just two weeks ago that baby Joy was born. And that made us all so happy, like just just immeasurably happy. Um, not quite at the same level as oh my god, baby Joy was born. But you guys just got some good news. Um, uh, Mary just got some good news. What's happening? And uh, you got an announcement you can make. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, and Mary has just joined the. Um, SEJ team as their uh, as their social media manager. So she'll still be working with uh, with Beanstalk. It's a it's a coming on part time with uh, with SEJ there, um, and then managing our clients' um, social media and UX stuff here. So super exciting and a ton of fun. I've sort of watched her uh, sort of having phone calls and, and stuff like that. And uh, it's a great team that she's joining. So what does this mean? She's going to be the uh, social media voice for SEJ or the social media coordinator. Um... The short answer to that is yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so covering sort of the uh, exactly what you would expect, um, the the way the messaging is working, the way that uh, you know all that uh, that side of things is handled, um, a little bit of the paid. I, I mean, she could probably explain it far better. So maybe we got to drag her on sometime. But um, you know, and let her get her, her sort of feet wet in there after uh, after a few weeks. I'm sort of watching everything sort yeah. of hashing out now, and uh, she's bringing some great ideas to the to the table. I'm just sort of listening in, but they seem to like it as well. Um, and they get to get their pretty decent pick of some folks. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's great kudos for her, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what comes of it. And of course, as an author, I'm like. Oh, that's that's great. Uh, you know, if we can take that up a level, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, we can all we can all get uh, get some more engagement. That's uh, that's fantastic Just, for uh, for me and all the other authors. Suddenly, every other author at SUJ is going to be watching for how many times your articles get like up <laughs> on the up on the stream. Eh? Yeah, and it's funny because because of that, I'll probably get none. Yeah, it did. Like, well, I can't look like I'm biased, so Dave gets none. He's on his own on this one. <laughs> Okay, break. Speaking of SEJ, um, Susan uh, Wenograd over at, at, at Search Engine Journal is breaking news, or she was breaking news as of four hours ago. Um, I think people in the uh, people in the industry may have heard of this by now, but um, Google today announced that they're going to be requiring documentation of user identity and geographic location for for advertisers. Um, they actually announced this in 2018 in a policy update um, requiring uh, 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 
identification for political um, advertisements, now for all advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to, uh, the verification program is going to include personal um, ID methods, business and corporation documents, uh, possibly items to verify who or where you are, and something proving your operating geography. Uh, I, know, I figure like a, uh, a hydro or a utility bill or something. Um, wow. Dave, you work directly with with Google and paid advertising. What does that mean to you and your clients? I love it. Um, As as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, because Amazon has to kind of do that, too, just because they're dealing directly with products. And so now Google wants shopping. I don't think that's the only reason they're doing it. But I'm like, I don't know if this closeness of these announcements is entirely, um, you know, coincidental. Um, because now they could go, oh, okay, why would you pick one of the paid product ads instead of one of the free ones? Well, of course, because you know that we have verified who these paid people are. But I think at the, you know, even just taking that aside, on uh, taking the, the products aside, I like it. I mean, I have the benefit of liking it because all of my clients are legitimate corporations that will have no problem <laughs> fulfilling the requirements here that we're talking about, nor will I. Um, so it, it's fine for us. Uh, it hopefully will see a, from a consumer standpoint, a little more trust. Hopefully it's going to yield a higher um, CTR, right? If there's a, a built trust on the paid search going, okay, we know these are basically Google verified companies, right? We know they're totally legitimate. You're rolling the dice here on the organic, but <laughs> organic SEO too. So I'll be trying to combat that on the other side, but I'm talking from a paid search standpoint. Um, if we can put some more trust in those paid results, great. At the same time, um, we may see a, the competition's going to be a little lower, right? If we can weed out um, the crap, um, you know, the, the reason that they're bringing these in is because there's spammers in there. If we can weed them out, then there's less competition for them. The people I feel really sorry for, though, are there's going to be low-tech people who are just sort of trying to figure things out. They probably shouldn't be doing ads to begin with, but let's assume they are and, and it's, it's suffering. I'm not saying that low-tech business owners shouldn't be doing Google ads at all, but they should be familiar with the way these systems work. If you, if you aren't, there's a lot of money you can be losing. So if you're not that familiar, you may not be able to deal with the verification methods. And now you might be weeding out people who are being weeded out just because they don't pay attention to their notices and they don't pay attention to those sorts of things. They probably shouldn't be be investing in paid anyway if they're not paying attention to those things. But I, I do worry about catching a, a, a few people who maybe are just a little slow on the draw, right, on on those sorts of things and, and getting weeded out. But I'm sure we're going to have, there's more details coming, but I'm sure we're going to have, you know, many warning shots across the ballot, about 8,500 emails if we're not <laughs> verifying um, quick enough. So I, I'm hopefully hopefully that'll be minimized or, or eliminated and, and that the only people that we end up weeding out are the people that can't verify. I will be watching and we'll probably end up talking about it because I imagine that Susan's going to be putting out some articles on this too. How many false scenarios come up? I can't think of any, but I know they'll happen where people can't verify, but they were still legitimate advertisers, right? Like where do these Venn diagrams sort of cross over each other and, and how many scenarios are there like that? I can as I say, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I do wonder if they exist and how many. Bureaucracy breeds bureaucracy. Um, it's not, not, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. It depends on how the bureaucracy deals with itself. Right. Um, it can be Kafka-esque or it can be efficient, one, one or the other. But mm-hmm. now, at, 
for you to display uh, Google's trust marks, uh, certified um, AdWords professional and such, you have to uh, pass a number of uh, uh, of tests and uh, seminars that Google sets up for you. Yeah. Um, and that is a means of certification in its own right. Yeah. But that doesn't prove as a uh, as an agency. Do you, do you have to show any extra ID? Do you have to prove that you are a representative of said client? Right. Not presently. Um, well, there, there are there are systems and methods for systems and methods. I've read too many patents. Um, there are mechanisms <laughs> in place um, to make sure. Yes, they know I represent this client. Like when I'm dealing with my my rep, they'll be assigned to certain clients, and I can have them add other ones, and I have to give them client IDs which are attached to me. And the way that works, the process. Just if anybody's interested in, in getting themselves, uh, you know, sort of partner status is. The person for you to join in with an account, that person has to give you their client ID. You have to enter it into your system. It then sends them a notification that they have to approve you. So it's like a double, a double hop verification, but then it gets added into my pool um, where I can now access it at whatever permissions they gave, usually full permissions, right? So that I can go in and actually do my job. Um, you know, so there, there, there are some checks and balances built into that part, but there's not really a lot right now. Um, and there are some things, but not as stringent as, as maybe they should be to go, okay, and Dave actually has a right to do that, right? Like Dave is a validated entity that has gone through this process, that has sent them incorporation certificates, that's proved that I should be able to do that, um, you know, for that person and, 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 and sort of get that. They probably haven't hit a lot of issues with us, though, because you have to have hit spend balances over months and things like that to actually get those badges appearing. So to get that claim, you sort of have to have played nice <laughs> in, in the Google box for, for a good number of, of months with a good good amount of spend. The reason I asked um, and, and, and mentioned that form of certification that, that, that you've already got, um, that you've achieved, is... Uh, You'd mentioned earlier that new people in the environment and in Google Shopping environment might be intimidated or, um, uh, I'm sorry, new people in uh, this environment, in the, in the Google advertising environment, might be intimidated or warded off by uh, ID requirements. Yeah. Um, and I imagine the same is, is true of the myriad of new agency that have, the agencies that have been springing up since the lockdown went into effect. Yeah. Yeah. And that may well be a good thing, by the way. <laughs> I, I, to me, I sort of, it, it'll weed itself out. It's not to say you need to be an agency that has those badges to manage um, ads accounts. In fact, you can manage multiple ads accounts through, through you know, a, a completed, you know, a, a sort of controlled system or, or a unified system without those certifications. But you don't have the cachet that it gives when you're talking to a client. Like it's, it's helpful when you're talking to them going, I have these certifications and to be clear and, and anybody with, with these certifications, you know, in, in our listening audience, will know what I'm talking about. It's, they're not a super high bar. Like I, I, I look at, at what I have to do on a daily basis and go, okay, if all I knew was what I learned in the certifications, I wouldn't, I do a, a decent job probably, but not an outstanding job. But it at least goes, okay, everybody knows at least this. Now you can specialize after that, right? And there's a lot of things that are probably pretty basic that I don't know because I don't do, right? I don't encounter them all. I just started using scripts a lot over the last couple of years. Until then, I sort of ignored them. Well, yeah, now they're a mainstay. And I'm like, how did I not do this earlier? But I still considered myself a decent paid search. It's, that just wasn't the area that I was looking at specifically. 
Similarly, I've always considered myself a good SEO, but one of the things I've been doing during lockdown, just to, I don't know, just because I think it's important, is I've been writing um, schema examples, just so I know them. <laughs> um, and it's weird. I can pull them, out, pull them out of my head in meetings now, and just so that I look like a like, weird wizard and stuff. Um, so I get that. I totally get that. You're uh, upping your skills by doing something um, you would never think of doing before. Yeah. Um, Writing same examples. And then we all hit those, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, I got to bite the bullet and do this. And oftentimes, like, scheme examples, like, oh, how did I not, right? Or like I was with mm-hmm. scripts on that one. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is so easy for the reward that I get. <laughs> it's like, I, I should have been doing this for ages. Unfortunately, the human brain will only hold so much and can only learn so much. And I mean, I'm not Bill Gates going to sit down and digest, you know, reams and reams of a variety of different things. Well, so. speaking of the brain only being able to hold so much, the great segue into four hours, four hours of EAT. Um, yeah. By the way, amazing, amazing seminar. You were participating in it, and um, so were umpteen other pe- other um, SEO entities. Yeah, how was that? That was that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, and I was on there with uh, Jason Bernard, who I, I'm I'm sure you know, um, and Andrea Volpini um, mm-hmm. from WordLift. Um, that dude showed some some really really neat tools that he's just offered for free as of this morning. Oh, and Nick uh, Nick Ranger um, was on there as well. The, the four of us. Now we were and and this was four hours. We were only handling the last. Like they had a, a new grouping for each hour. Mm-hmm. For the four hours, and, and we were just hour sort of three or four, depending on how you want to how you want to define that. From three to four, um, and so it was, uh, you know, yeah. For for the listening audience, that would have been quite a quite a haul. But hopefully, they they managed to, to hang on, and of course, that's why it's it's available afterwards. But um, I, I'm just gonna give a give a hat tip because Andrea, um, and again, this over at WordLift.io um, showed some really really cool data. Um, just, just amazing, amazing data. Um, and if you go over to wordlift.io's blog, as of three hours ago, they made free um, the the sort of scripts and, and tools that they were using to create that data. And it, as an agency, I'm like, oh, this is amazing because it lets me visualize. Not just you know, there's there's oftentimes you can visualize something in your head, but trying to convey it to a client is impossible with words. And and how entities correlate to each other, especially when you're dealing with a couple different um, you know, queries that you're referencing and going, where are the crossover entities? Really, really tough. I don't know how Andrea thought of it, um, of, of the way of making it visualized, but for, for our listening audience, head over to wordlift.io, head over to their blog, SERP analysis. It's, it's an amazing, amazing tool that I'm going to be using very regularly. Absolutely. This is, um, and then actually, you know what? Uh, anybody who has to jump off the show right now to go do this, we're totally <laughs> cool with it because it's so... <laughs> Uh, you should wait a wait a half hour. Wait, but anyway, <laughs> it is so worth your time. You're going to go down a rabbit hole, and you're not going to come back up for a little while because you're going to find a relationship. And then, and this isn't just like synonyms, antonyms, homonyms, or like how words relate to each other. This is how words are tied to each other on the web, and uh, words, phrases, ideas. It's phenomenal. Uh, I remember I, we we as as. Um, Andre was was demonstrating this during the uh, the, the seminar that uh, 
that the, the, the seminar segment that Dave was part of in the, in the four hours of EAT. Um, and you could just feel jaws across the, across the globe dropping. I, I was watching the, 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 the other three presenters and your jaws were dropping. <laughs> yeah, well, it was funny because we'd seen each other's slides ahead of time. But then as he's talking about it, of course, it made more sense of what I was looking at. I'm like, anybody can create pretty pictures. I can't. I wasn't a, I, admittedly, I wasn't really diving in and blowing things up to see them at that level because I knew I was going to be watching it presented. But, um, yeah, as, as he was describing it, and I started to sort of, as anybody will who uses it, start to free think, oh, how would I use this? I mean, I, I love the example where he used his own name and Jason Bernard um, because they've done a lot of work together and gone, okay, where do these two people intersect, right? What entities intersect, you know, cross over these two people? Um, and it, it really, really became, it, it's quite fascinating. And I don't even know all the ways that I'll be using it. And I'm probably going to avoid trying to use it until the weekend, right? I'm probably just going to go, just hold off, Dave, get all your client work done that you need to get done. <laughs> um, and then dig in and make sure you have some, you know, a good night's rest. Um, and then really head in. Cause I, I know exactly the term you used. It's going to be a rabbit hole. I know that just hours are going to be wasted dumping in various things and going, okay, how would I write this a little differently to collect data a little different or something? I mean, it's, 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 it's unlike anything I've seen before, which is just mind mind blowing. And I, I love entities, which is what this is built on. And I thought about them a lot. And then he came up with a way to visualize them that, and, and interpret them that I just I'd never even never even occurred to me before. I, I'm just it it it's very very impressive. Um, speaking, of, I'm trying to make a buwa and koala joke. Um, <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. Um, speaking of entities, again, it was phenomenal. Um, so this is exactly what um, I do a lot of content writing. For, 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 for other people's websites. And this is exactly the kind of tool that um, I want to use when I'm, when I'm, when I'm thinking of, uh, you want to make connections between topics and ideas on the page that other web users are making themselves. And this is going to help me do that. Yeah. Um, well, and one of the things that I, I find this interesting, and I, I was sort of like, um, you know, digging it, Andrea, right at the, right at the beginning of, of sort of our section because um, their tool, he refers to it as sort of AI driven SEO, right? And so I'm like, well, and you know, <laughs> trying to like make me obsolete now. Uh, but in reality, this tool is a great illustration of no, this tool is giving people like Jim and Dave and, and our listing audience an understanding of what is working so that we can now craft. It's actually an ideal type of tool where giving you a view of what the world, it's not using keywords in the same way. It's not using densities like we used to use. It's giving you a structure and an understanding of what is working so that you can go, okay, how do I do that the best? Right? And then just do that the best and you should be the one ranking or at least fulfilling the EAT principles, which is what he was getting into and going, okay, I fulfilled the intents that I need to fulfill on this. As long as I still have, as long as I have the expertise, as long as I have the authority and the trust, and as long as I do a good job in my layout, um, I, I and presenting that to Google through the schema, um, you were talking about, you know, as long as I do all these things, then uh, you know, your, your odds of winning are, are much, much higher. And that's why I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, I'm just going to be ransacking client sites with this tool and just seeing, you know, what, like not ransacking, but going through their queries mm -hmm. and comparing them to competitors and comparing to competitors and seeing what's missing from clients and, 
it's going to be very, very interesting. At the end of the day, we're in this business to optimize stuff. Um, just makes sense to use uh, the strongest possible tools. And, and, and this is the cool thing. Every, okay, there's, there's, I remember, I remember at the very beginning of the lockdown, uh, something you had said, Dave, we don't want to sound opportunistic, but this is a business show. <laughs> um, I don't want to, there's nothing cool about the plague. There's nothing cool about this time. This is the, the weirdest, weirdest, most economically damaging time in human history, including the wars. Um, but we are all drawing some benefits out of a massive change in routine. And one of those benefits is we are powering ourselves and our field forward by upping our skills and sharing that new knowledge and those, those new techniques with each other. Yep. Um, and we're, I, 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 I think we're going to see the field of SEO propel forward in this time. And it's going to be led by those kids from Europe. Gary, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm positive of that. Yep. Um, one, one of the things, and you know why that is, it's because of the time zones, Jim. They get a jump on us. So we're all eight hours ahead. when I wake up in the morning. Uh, Acceleration um, culture, right? They got it all figured out before we get out of bed, eh? Well, but one of the things that I find interesting about these, and, and it, I, I'm trying to think of them for, for my business, and everybody should think about them for their business, is I saw this tool. Like, I, I, I heard of, of WordLift, right, and, and, and the systems before. Um, and then the systems, Andrea, sort of works as, as part of creating. Um, and then when really that's what they give away free. And I've actually got a note now on my desk to go, okay, you need to try their paid stuff when you have like some time <laughs> and you can get a two week free trial. I'm like, okay, when I like actually have time that I can dig in and pay attention to this and I'm right now testing some new PPC stuff. So, okay, that's next week. And we'll, maybe the week after that, I'm like, oh, okay, that's great work because you do hit that night was the same with, uh, you know, Frederick. Uh, from Optimizer, where I was just like, mm -hmm. oh, these are the scripts they give away free? Well, what do I get on that side of the wall? <laughs> and I was I was quite pleased with it. So it's the same here. And yeah, he might end up taking some of my money at the end of the day. <laughs> and I'll report on whether that tool is, is as good. I won't say if it's bad, like if I don't like it, but I will report back in probably a, a few weeks on did I find it pretty cool once I, uh, once I took it on a test run through a few sites. Okay. On that, we got to take another break on, on Webcology. Uh, it's quarter to the hour at the time of recording. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media on behalf of Dave Davids from Beatstock Internet Marketing. It is April 23rd, 2020. Stick around. We got more Webcology coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. For the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability, WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more 
on WPEngine.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with a DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the uh, 23rd of April 2020. Blur's Day, as usual. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, we've got about uh, 11, maybe 12 minutes left in the show. Where do you want to go? Um, well, certainly, and this this will be a, a fairly fairly brief one. But I have gone on repeatedly, but it's been a while. So a reminder for our, for our podcast listeners on uh, Microsoft Ads. I was about to call it Bing, um, but on uh, on Microsoft advertising, and, and I've 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 tried to go. You know what, folks? Just just do it. <laughs> just just give it a go. Not if you're competing with one of our clients because we love the the low CPAs, um, but. It costs less, and with import functionality, it's very, very easy to do. I have tons of campaigns where I go, okay, just, you know, I have a reminder. I, I don't like to do this automated. You can just schedule it to do an import from uh, from Google um, Ads. I, I prefer to do it manually, and it doesn't take long when I'm just going through Google Ads stuff. Anyway, um, you can do an import and go, okay, drop all my bids 50%, right? <laughs> and and on, the, on the way in they go, or, or whatever you find to be, uh, to be favorable over there. Um, well, they've just announced that they... And, Thank you. Thank you, fine folks at Microsoft. Um, they have just announced that um, they are now supporting multi-account. Um, so if you're controlling multiple accounts, you can just do sort of a, a batch import of all of them at once, which is great. I still am like, hey, you need to go in and check each one, but we've got clients with multiple accounts. 
Um, right. And then there would be something to be said for just do them all at once and then, you know, work on all your clients in a row, depending on your, on your client load. I wouldn't want to do that. I would do them in, in batches, but, um, you know, I, I think it's going to save a lot of time, be a, a lot, lot easier and let you sort of look through. Okay, you're not going to get just for, for listeners, you're not going to get as much traffic as you are from Google. I mean, I, I've got, uh, one of our clients, one with three accounts is like, can we get anything more from Bing because the CPAs are so low? The answer is no, right? And it's still like 10% of Google. But <laughs> the client wants more because the CPAs are low. And with import, it takes, you know, a fraction, a small fraction. On, on a dollar per CPA for my time, it, it's probably the best return on the client's investment um, that they can get. And we're about to, to take one of our, our largest um, and start importing them. Uh, as well to Bing, we started off on Google. Uh, and, and so I'll be able to report on how it works for, for a major brand uh, a little bit differently in, in the near future. But um, I, I know we've, we've run it on multiple accounts. And as long as you keep control of the settings, and it's going to take some fine tuning, your CPAs might be even or maybe even a little higher out of the gate. But once you figure out what percentage to drop them or, um, you know, which recommendations on the Microsoft side to trust and which ones to go. Microsoft's machine learning sucks on the side, uh, which, which it, they're doing great with some of their NLP, but they're not great on their ad side for, for that sort of thing. You know, once you figure those things out, it's just outstanding. Like you're paying 60 to 70% of the R on, on Google for the same conversion. So mo mo most importantly, though, what, what, what you're basically saying is to your clients, their money is your time. Your time is their yeah. money. And you've just found a way to stretch that time significantly. Exactly. And if you're reporting, just as the agency, when you're reporting back on global CPA, it just went down. Right? Like you know, their global cost per acquisition, like I, I'm charging the same every month for our management services, but I've managed to get them more bang for their buck. And I mean, if you, it wouldn't work if you have a budget under, say, $500 a month never trim from Google, right? Like you're, you're, you're not getting all the impressions and clicks you could be from Google and it's not going to be worth the time. But as soon as you cross over onto multi, multi month campaigns, um, you know, where, you know, you're going to be managing this for the, for the long haul and you've got budgets of, you know, as soon as it crosses probably about two to $3,000 a month, um, then all of a sudden the, the ROI, because it, it is going to take some time to import. It is going to take some time to fine tune things on your way through, especially early on. But now it's, it's more or less on autopilot. Just, you know, every couple of weeks, we, we still like to go through and make sure nothing weird's going on in the search queries or anything. But, um, but yeah, for the most part, it's just, just an import. You can do stuff on Bing, you know, by itself. But that's where you would hit diminishing returns or, or maybe even negligible or, or bad returns on your time. But if you're just using the import, it's, it's well worth it. And uh, yeah, the, the cost per click is just so low there. Okay. So naturally in the paid world, more is more sometimes. Yeah. Quite frequently, actually, in the paid world. Yeah. In the organic world, on the other hand, more is more doesn't always equate. Um, let's see. There's, there are hundreds, thousands of unique signals that Google might take from any website or any web page. Any combination of uh, signals in and of itself could be a signal. For all we know, algorithms are really complicated. Um, but there is a whole bunch of, uh, how to say this, traditional boxes that... Um, you know, good housekeeping or just, you know, 
it got read somewhere. So there's a box that has to be checked. And some people think that that good SEO is about checking all these boxes. It's not. It's about balancing options. Um, for instance, John Mueller had to come out um, the other day and uh, suggest to people that too many H ref language tags is overdoing. Um, you should only use this tag when you have fresh content, new content, unique content presented in um, in other language in various languages. But to put that tag, the H uh, ref language tag on every page that had used different language, even if it wasn't unique content, that's a waste of resources, a waste of time, a waste of uh, the tag, and um, may well be a check against you in Google's eyes. So it's not like you have to check every box. You have to check boxes judiciously. And, and 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 use these tags in the appropriate place. Similarly, <laughs> Google had to come out. And, I mean, it's, it's funny. They made uh, John made the made uh, two announcements like close to the same time. Uh, three announcements. Too many um, heading tags. H one, H two, H three, H four, H five. I mean, after a while, Google looks at you and thinks like you you got a clown car of heading tags. None of them mean anything. Um, but yet you still see those websites that have to trigger every one of them. Right. He, uh, John Muter came out on April 1st saying, please don't do that. It makes, it makes the first ones meaningless to begin with. Right. Um, and there was one other. Um, this is a weird one. Um, because it gets to the definition of, of, what this tag is and what it's used for. It's always good practice to specify a canonical, but where you specify the canonical is, I think, a mystery for a lot of SEOs, or or when you use the canonical is a mystery for a lot of SEOs. On uh, again on April first, um, John Mueller answers a question um, asked in uh, in Twitter. Um whether uh, a canonical should be defined for a webmaster's homepage. Of course it should. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no question about it. Google has to know which URL is considered the prime URL and which URL from which to draw the... Um, as, as you know, Dave, there's, there's at least four unique URLs that you get from one URL set, right? Yeah. Google wants to know which one you're using when it comes to... Uh, the addresses of pages in your website so it knows which one it should be pulling up in cases of duplicate content. This is the primary URL, period. Yep. Um, you don't necessarily need to have a canonical on a page that is completely 100% unique. There will never be another page like this in the universe. Your homepage should always have the canonical, but one of your internal pages, say it's a, uh, a page that auto-generates itself, there's no need to have canonical there because there is no other page like that in the entire known universe. Um, as long as you've specified on the, on the homepage of the domain where they should always be looking, always look at www.domain slash whatever, um, you've, you've, you've done your canonical duty. 
if there's a chance that there's duplicate content out there or that your content is syndicated across a number of other websites, yeah, this is the canonical. This is the original place this content was found. Google always refer back to here when you want to rank this content. But beyond that, the, that's, what the, that's what the canonical tag is for. Ah. Steve, now I, I, I understand that in principle, but I disagree with John on this one. Oh, okay. How's that? <laughs> uh, and, and, and here's why. Um, and it's because of a scenario I just hit yesterday um, where a client site was linked to and it was generating the same page, um, but we didn't have the canonical tag on it. Like on on this site, it's a JavaScript dynamic site. Anyway, there was there was a lot of other things. We didn't have each page canonicaling to itself, right? Key pages did, home page did, so it would actually fit, fit that. But um, somebody had linked through, and it was just a, a crap thing. But it had parameters at the end. Mm -hmm. Well, now when we looked at Google's index, it was passing through and reporting two pages, one with parameters. Now, if we'd had a canonical, a self-canonicaling, that parameter page would canonical to the non-parameter page. It would still be the same page canonicaling correctly. So, technically, in, in the way the world should function, yes, there, there would be no need to be a self-referencing canonical because it is a unique piece of content. It was actually a fairly new piece of content, but we ended up having to add self-referencing canonicals to all pages to make sure that when stupid things happen, <laughs> like if a that parameter passes, that we're covered. So somebody cut and pasted out of the out of the URL bar or something. Yeah, and obviously just left something in there that I don't know. It wasn't a Facebook click ID, but it was obviously something that got added and they copied it, dumped it in a link, and now we've ended up with this crap in there in a duplicate page. There you go. Thank you for okay. Thank you for for that for that correction. That rocks. And that's it. We've gone full clock for a full hour. Friends, you have been listening to Web College on webmasterradio.fm on the 23rd of April, 2020. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beatsock Internet Marketing, and Noise Media, stick around webmasterradio.fm. There's amazing content coming up after the news. Stay safe. Be well. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. We'll talk to you next week. expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.